Welcome to Season 4 of Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven. I am Catherine McPhail, your host. I'm an architect practicing in Eastern Massachusetts. In past seasons, we've covered all sorts of subjects with the intention of helping homeowners who may never have been involved in a renovation before and they felt like they needed to know what they were doing. We've built up over 100 episodes on everything from roofing to foundations, heard many renovation stories, and learned how to hire various professionals. This season, we'll be focusing even more on the challenges of renovating old houses while incorporating new technologies, using my own new house as a case study. We'll have all sorts of different guests, most having to do with what I'm just calling the next level of renovations. Now that you've got these 100 plus episodes under your belt, I think you're ready. This episode is a listener chat. And as you may know, I really love it when listeners write to me and I get to hear about their projects and their plans. This summer, Haley Missler, who was on Cape Cod, which is only a few miles down the road from me here, she wrote to me just to say that she had similar plans for her house and was planning sustainable renovation. By the way, if you are someone who's interested in sustainable renovations but seem a little overwhelmed by all the information that is out there, about three years ago I wrote the Beginner's Guide to Sustainable Renovations and it has links to different um, websites and just kind of basic ideas of where to get started. So send me an email, thehousemaven at talkinghomerenovations.com and I will send you that PDF. Anyway, Haley and I have a lot in common in terms of what we're trying to work on right now. And so I invited her to come on to the show to talk about her plans for a sustainable renovation and also how she managed to get her house during the crazy real estate market of last summer. So here's my conversation with Haley. You wrote to me about your project because we have some similarities in our projects in a couple different ways. But do you want to you tell me about your project? Yeah. So um, I think like a lot of people during the pandemic, my husband and I were kind of reevaluating where we were living and where we wanted to live and where our jobs were going. So we had been living in a condo in Boston for the past 15 or so years. And it was a great time. We loved being in the city, but um, we both really wanted more space, wanted to kind of expand. And then the pandemic happened and we're both working from home in a 600 square foot condo was not going to work long term. So um, we started to really evaluate where we wanted to be. And um, we had we had really kind of zeroed in on this town because um, we had friends here. We spent a lot of time here during the summers. We had kind of gotten to know a little bit of the community and always felt like, oh, this might be a great place for us to kind of, you know, make our next move. But during the height of the pandemic, you know, the real estate market was absolutely wild, crazy. It was impossible to see homes for a while. The prices kept going up. I think a lot of people have a, a similar horror story. Yeah. Um, so we we knew about this town. We knew kind of where we wanted to be in this town. And because there were no opportunities, um, we kind of took it upon ourselves to see if we could make an opportunity. So we zeroed in on a couple neighborhoods that we liked and we started writing letters. We, we kind of came up with a, a template letter just saying who we were, what we were looking for, and just gauging interest if people wanted to sell. And we sent out a lot of these. We sent them out in, in this town that we ended up in. We sent them out in a couple other towns that we had pinpointed. And it's it's kind of amazing. We actually did get a pretty decent response rate. Really? Um, yeah. There were, there were people who were kind of, you know, giving me a make-me-move kind mm-hmm. of yeah. price. Um, one of those. 
Yep. <laughs> so we definitely got our fair share of those. Um, we did get a lot of interest from people, people who, who wrote back and just said, you know, I, I hadn't really thought about it, but your letter was interesting to me. You know, would you want to come see the house? So hmm. we did a few of those. What did you put in your letter? I mean, it sounds like you wrote a good one. <laughs> um, you know, it, it wasn't anything. It wasn't anything that wasn't honest or authentic or real. We just said, you know, we we are living in the city. We'd like to move. We really like this town. We think your property looks great. And this was this was just going off of, you know, kind of doing drive bys on these streets. It's you know, we didn't we didn't pinpoint people's houses and just say, you know, I love the color of your house or I love your specific yard or something. You know, we, we did keep it pretty vague, mm. um, but just kind of pinpointed that we really liked the neighborhood. We really like the town. We, you know, intend to stay for a while. We intend to, you know, you know, want to have our friends over, want to enjoy the beach, want to enjoy, you know, the amenities that this, this place has to offer. Um, and we're just having a hard time with this current market because there's not a lot for sale. So if you, you know, if you had been thinking about selling or you might have an interest for selling, or if there's something in your life that's causing you to maybe want to make a move and you just haven't put your house on the market yet, we'd love to talk to you before you do that. Hmm. And that that was pretty much it. I mean, it was it was pretty open ended. Um, well, that's great. I'm glad it worked. Yeah. Well, are you are you glad it worked? <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am glad it worked. I am. I you know, the, the house we did end up purchasing was probably, you know, a little bit more than we were intending as as a project overall. Hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I am glad because um, it, it did work out for us. So anyway, with, with all these letters, you know, we, we got a responses back, but, um, this woman, one woman wrote us back and said, sure, I'll sell my house to you. It, kind of <laughs> easy as that. <laughs> we were like, okay. Uh, so we, we had gone back and forth with her over email for a couple of weeks, you know, turning into a month or so. Um, and it was all pretty straightforward, you know, a lot of logistical information. Um, but, but the catch was, is that she really wasn't showing us the house she she really wasn't you know sending mm. us any pictures or she hadn't invited us to come see it um it, we had kept asking but you know we weren't getting anywhere with that so we kept pursuing other house options but kind of kept this kept this on the back burner kept this conversation going and we were starting to get into like a a, a crunch time where we really needed to make a decision so I, I reached out and I just said, you know, I know we've been we've been talking we've kind of got these loose plans in place and everything sounds like it's gonna work out but we really need to see the house well we're not gonna... yeah I mean that's kind of basic right <laughs> kind of basic yeah. yeah so you know we're not gonna move forward with the sale if we can't see it right so uh you know there's a little bit of back and forth about that and um we we made the drive down to the town and um took a look at the house and I you know understood why she was very hesitant to show it to us because she was a hoarder mm. and um when we when we first walked in it was pretty overwhelming to to walk into that. And, um, it was disheartening for me because I just felt like, Oh, this is, <laughs> this is not going to work out. We can't, we can't buy this house. My husband on the other hand walked in and, and kind of, uh, was a little bit better able to look past, uh, the, the hoarding and, and what was going on there. Um, and kind of looking at, you know, more of it as a shell mm -hmm. and kind of seeing a lot of the potential. 
which I have to say is ironic because out, out of the two of us, I, I'm actually in design. My my business is in design. So mm-hmm. I do this all the time. I look past things that are yeah. uh, maybe a little unsightly and kind of see the end result, you know, beyond <laughs> what's going on. Uh, but this was a complete role reversal where where he really saw the potential and I was just very put off by the situation. Right. And felt well, like it's we pretty personal for you, right? It's so. very personal. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> While I was having a meltdown looking at everything, he <laughs> he was looking at, you know, the roof and the windows and the walls and the basement and kind of looking at the structure of everything. And after we left, you know, I, I said, oh, there's no way this is going to work out. But he he talked to me about it and just said, you know, it is on the street that we want. It's in the neighborhood that we want. It is for a price that is well below what we originally were going to spend. And all the, all this kind of systems, the, the roof, you know, all these structural things, they're all in really good shape. It's not a new house. It's built in the seventies. Um, and it hasn't been updated since then. So there's Mm. a lot of, it's, it's dated, but it's really functional and we can clean it out and live in it and then plan a renovation. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of this time too, when, when we were touring other homes on the market, Everything that we walked into, we both really felt like no matter what, no matter what we're going to spend, no matter what we're looking at, we're going to want to replace a kitchen. We're going to want to do new bathrooms. Yeah. We're going to want to redo stuff. It's just in our nature. It's in my nature as a designer. It's in his nature, you know, wanting to work with his hands and kind of have a construction project for himself. So at the end of the day, this actually was our best option mm. and was kind of kind of give us all the things that we wanted. Okay. So, so, uh, I think, you know, we, we talked to friends and family and I'm sure everybody thought we were totally crazy, but yeah, we probably, yeah, we, yeah <laughs> we probably are, but we made her an offer and, um, part of our offer to her was, uh, to leave behind anything that she didn't want to take with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was because in talking to a friend of mine who, who actually works in these type of situations, we we were really aiming to take the stress off of her right. in order for in order to just be able to make the sale um because if we had demanded that the house be completely empty that's too we much. probably yeah it's too much we we never would have gotten in here um so we did have to take that on ourselves uh to to kind of do a clean out because i i know she did take stuff with her but it when we walked in on closing day it it looked like nothing had changed it was mm. still you know, piles, piles to the ceiling, yeah, stuff everywhere. Yeah. We did the same thing. Yeah. I I heard your episode about that. Yeah. 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 It was a daughter who was cleaning it out and she seemed very overwhelmed. So it, yeah. And then I was the one overwhelmed when I had to clean it all out, but at least it wasn't my stuff. Right. Well, same here. You know, we, we moved in the, in the summer of last year. So summer of 2021. And, um, I actually had, uh, we were supposed to have more than 30 days between our close date and when we were actually going to move in. And just because of financing issues and just delays with the whole closing process, we ended up with about six days between Mm. closing and needing to move in. Luckily we had friends right down the street. We were able to stay with them for a while. So we didn't have to, we didn't have to fully move in while we were still trying to clean it out, but it was a really tight timeline. And I had tried to hire some crews to come in and help because not only did we need help, getting the, the items out of the house. We also needed help cleaning it because it was, you know, it 
it was like a biohazard. It was mm. just a horribly filthy, you know, animal waste and, you know, every, everything that you would see on the, the show mm-hmm. was what was in this house. And uh, unfortunately, both the companies that I had contracted to come help ended up canceling on me because mm. they didn't have staffing. You know, it was, it was yeah. the summer of was the, the summer of no staff for everybody. So we did have to take it all on ourselves, which was very overwhelming, very mm. intense. Yeah. We ended up, I think, with eight dumpsters. Eight got. dumpsters. Yes. Oh, yes. wow. Wow, yes. that's a lot. It was a lot. Um, eight dumpsters, and then we just, uh, we pretty much bleached and primed everything in the house. You know, when, when we originally looked at it, one of the things that stood out were the walls were actually in really good shape. I was, I was really worried that once we got in there and really started cleaning it, that we were going to find a lot more issues with like mold or, you know, other, other damage to the walls, but the walls were actually in, in great shape. And I think it's because a lot of the the piles of stuff prevented the animals from <laughs> being able to access the walls. Mm. Um, so, you know, and in all reality, the flooring was was the biggest issue. And we ended up ripping all of it out. She had um, carpet over hardwood and the, the carpet obviously was gone, but the hardwood wasn't even salvageable. So we mm. ripped that out as well. So we went down to the subfloor and we primed the subfloor you know with the oil-based primers you did a layer of paint on them so uh that's what we currently have in the house um but that was really the that was really the biggest thing the the flooring was the biggest issue yeah so it mm-hmm. looks like where you are right now is that subflooring or is that a carpet right now yeah this is subfloor okay yeah not the pr- not the prettiest but you know i mean it, works. it looks it looks fine <laughs> looks fine yeah. so what is your plan for the house then so um when we originally bought it we had a much bigger appetite for doing a big renovation. And we kind of thought we would, you know, more heavily reconfigure the house, possibly add on to it in the back. And we had always had this goal in mind of trying to do things in the most um, forward thinking way, trying to uh, make the house a lot more eco-friendly and just kind of adopt technologies that were going to be of the future. So uh, once we moved in, we kind of realized that's probably more than we want to take on. It's probably more than we need. Um, The house has got plenty of square footage. We don't need more space and we can, we can really work within the existing footprint without needing to add on to it. Mm. So, which I, I think is really a really great benefit to spend time in the house before you start any type of renovation, because when we originally moved in between um, how overwhelming it was with cleaning out cleaning out the house and just kind of, um, you know, feeling very uncomfortable in the house because of what we had just gone through. You know, my initial reaction was to just rip everything out, you know, rip out the kitchen, start ripping out the walls, start kind of changing this situation because it was, it was uncomfortable. But, you know, after we, after we got it clean, after we moved in, after it started feeling like, oh, we, we live here now, um, our plans for the house definitely changed. Mm. And I'm glad that we, I'm glad that we've waited because not only has it given us a little more time to think about what we want to do, but we've actually spent the time and come up with a floor plan, you know, within within this existing footprint that's really going to work. And it's going to work for, for two reasons. Um, it's going to work for us in the time that we want to spend here and in terms of this being our, our house. But because we're in a beach town, one of our long-term plans was to try to use this house as a rental. 
And so we wanted to spend some time thinking about a floor plan that was going to make sense for that purpose as well. Hmm. So that's what, that's what we've done. That's kind of the plan that we have. And now at this point, we're um, starting to think about how we can take this, this plan and, um, you know, put these new technologies into place. Okay. Originally, originally we, um, we, there was an HVAC system in the house. We, right now we have a kind of a, a redundant system where the house is on oil. So it's oil for heating and for, um, hot water heating. And, uh, there was an HVAC system that was installed sometime in the eighties. And we had a a company come over to look at it because we wanted to get it cleaned. Um, you know, after, well, yeah, (laughs) yeah, it was pretty gross. And, uh, they came over and took a look at it and, and kind of told us that it wasn't even worth cleaning. It it wasn't, it wasn't in good shape. It, uh, it, it was, you know, I forget the name of the material. It's, it wasn't really good duct work. It was like, it was almost like a fiberboard type of material. Uh, that, yeah. That the, the guy who came over and looked at it was actually able to break a piece off and, you know, hmm. showed us that, you know, if you're running air through this, you're going to end up breathing this. And oh. so, yeah, we took one look at that and said, get rid of it. Just pull it out of the house. So originally we were just going to replace the HVAC with a, you know, a new system. But again, the more time that we spent in the house and the more time that we've kind of been researching where to go, we're, we're thinking that, you know, we might just go all, all ductless, um, heat pump mini split system instead, just to put everything on electric. Do you have any heat right now? We do. We've got the oil heat, um, uh, baseboard, uh, radiators. Oh, okay. So the, the ductwork was just for AC. Yeah. They were just using it for AC. Yeah. What else? What else are you thinking of doing? Um, another thing that came up was, um, you know, with our, our water heaters in really good shape, but we're talking about, you know, updating the systems in general. So we're thinking about doing a a heat pump water heater Mm -hmm. instead of the one that's attached to the oil. Um, you know, the, the one thing that keeps coming up is, you know, our, our heat pumps going to be enough heat for us. I mean, we're in new England. I, you know, we're on Cape Cod. It doesn't get quite as cold as like a, you know, Western Massachusetts, but it's, it still gets fairly cold during the winter. And so, um, we're kind of trying to figure out, do we need another type of redundant system where we've got an additional heating source if we need it, if the heat pumps aren't going to get quite to the level that we need them. Um, so we have to explore that. I'm not quite sure what that would be, uh, whether that is a, a needs to be a fossil fuel based, or if we could do something else off electric, Mm. um, to give us that extra boost. Yeah, I don't, I've heard varying reports on that. Like I had that episode on, um, okay, well, I can't remember exactly what the episode was called, so I will put it <laughs> in the show notes, but it was that one with um, the guy who had just put heat pumps throughout his house. He was also mm-hmm. in Massachusetts, and he did not want to have any kind of supplementary heat, but, yeah. and, and a lot of people do say that you need um, extra, like a backup, and other people say, no, you don't, that was just before, so... It's confusing. It's even confusing to um, me and I'm supposed to be advising other people on it. And I don't. Yeah. Well, it's, it's one of those things where um, there are so many different opinions and there are different opinions of the professionals who come and talk to you about it. Yeah. We did install mini splits in the condo in Boston and it was a complicated installation only because we had to put the condensers on the roof and they had to run the piping, you know, through the walls and we had to put an actual pump to get rid of the, the condensate. In. Mm. And so it was not a typical installation. Um, 
but you know, we had multiple companies come over and talk to us about it and everybody had a different way that they wanted to do it. Everybody had a different recommendation for, you know, how much BTUs we needed. And, um, it was really difficult to make that decision. And even after they were installed, I mean, we are generally very happy with them. Um, but you know, there were some issues with water that we had with them and it's, I, you know, I'm not expecting perfection with this, but it, it, it's jarring to be able to make those decisions because, um, you're kind of, you're hearing a lot of different things about it. Right. You kind of just have to take a leap of faith and exactly yeah. <laughs> put a lot of money down and hope it works out. Yeah. And also I have noticed that they all sound equally confident in what they're telling you, even though they yes. are contradicting each other. Yes. I mean, they're not in the yes. same room at the same time, but you hear one person, you're like, oh, oh, okay, that's how it is. And then someone else shows up and says, no, 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 right. this is, this right. is how it is. Right. So, and there's all, and there's also the issue too of, I think you had talked about this on, on that episode you were referring to where, you know, some, some contractors um, don't even want to install them because they're just not as up to date on the newest technology and, mm-hmm. and they'll try to dissuade you from doing it and try to scare you and say that it's, it's not going to work or it's not the right thing. Right. Um, so you have to have, you know, you've got that opinion floating in your head as well. Yep. That's true. It makes it <laughs> I'm tricky. Sure, I'm sure you've heard the same gotten you know gotten the same advice oh i've got i've had the same experience with different um whether it's plumbers or electricians or any kind of systems modification that Mm -hmm. people definitely have opinions on it and sometimes there might be oftentimes there might be more than one way to do something but it's just hard to it's just really hard to navigate so yeah it's very hard yeah um so that that's kind of what we're looking at in terms of you know heat and and hot water um that's the direction that we want to go in uh one of the one of the big goals that we had for the house and this was well before we even moved in um was to install solar panels mm. i feel like that's something that a lot of people will really start doing especially with the new bills being passed and more incentives coming out um but that's something we always wanted to do and it was actually kind of factored into our decision to buy this house because the the back of this house faces south and we yeah we get in just an abundance of light on the back of this house all day long Hmm. um we did take down a number of trees in the backyard because they were far too close to the house and you know as you can imagine there was a there was deferred maintenance in the house and then the yard had 20 plus years of deferred maintenance um so there was a lot of overgrowth uh, a lot of dangerous trees you know, hanging around too close in the backyard. Um, so we did take those down, which has opened it up, you know, significantly. So we're getting even more light. So we definitely want to put solar on the house. And I, we haven't had a company out yet to, um, to really assess it, but uh, pretty much the entire back of the house is just flooded with sun. So I feel pretty confident that we'll be able to get a really good amount of panels up there and generate a lot of electricity. Great. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like you will. Other things we need to do insulation. We we took all the insulation out of the attic um, as part of our our clean out. Um, so we need to do all new insulation where we can. Um, and I know I need to get in touch with Mass Save yep. about that. Yep, definitely. <laughs> things like uh, you know, might be a, a smaller thing, but again, we're really trying to go all electric. And so in the kitchen, I had previously looked at all these really nice gas stoves. And then when we started kind of planning out this whole process, I, I got introduced to induction mm-hmm. and I think we're definitely going to go with that in the kitchen for cooking. 
It's pretty intriguing. I'm pretty excited about yeah. it myself. Yeah, I have uh, some people that I know. Um, they're not professional chefs, but they've um, they like to cook kind of at that level as a hobby, and um, they swear by induction because of the the amount of control you have is even better than gas, and you know it heats up so quickly. Um, and I actually also really like it from a, a cleaning standpoint. Um, that that flat surface looks like a lot less maintenance than yeah, um, trying oh, yeah. to keep the, the gas burners clean. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be great for us. But then also I'm thinking, again, as a rental, mm-hmm. I think having induction um, would be really nice. Kind of a, eliminates a little bit of risk with, you know, open flame and mm-hmm. gas and all yeah. that. And it's healthier air to breathe also. Yes. Not having that's gas. A, that's a new thing that I kind of recently found out about, I think there were a couple articles that I had read recently about how, um, having the gas in your house, uh, is actually really harmful and that I never knew about that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess if you start digging enough on anything, like any kind of food or whatever, (laughs) there's always bad stuff for you, but things we can eliminate out of our house, it makes sense to just go ahead and do it. It's better for the environment. It's better for us. So yeah, it makes total sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we'll go induction in the kitchen. I'm excited about that. Uh, things like, you know, installing the dual flush toilets to kind of help with water use. Um, and then another another thing that uh, I haven't done a ton of research on, but, again, in kind of looking forward um, on on the water use, I'm interested in a, a gray water system mm. and uh, recycling some of the water that we're using. And this actually was was something that had been on my mind because uh, for a little while we lived in Taos, New Mexico. It's a small town in the mountains in northern New Mexico, and there's a community there called the Earth Ships. Hmm. And it's all have have you heard of this? They've been in this place in New Mexico for quite a while. Um, I can't remember the exact date, but I'm, I think it's like you know back back to the seventies. Yeah, sounds um, like a seventies thing. It <laughs> Earth definitely ships. is. Yeah. yeah, Earth Ships. It's a it's a type of building where you actually you, you construct a building into the side of the earth. Um, sounds awesome. It, yeah, and it's a completely sustainable off the grid um, type of house. Um, and uh, one of the things they do is a, a gray water system. So, you know, you, you get your, they collect fresh water from the rainwater, um, use it. And then, you know, what goes through a shower or, you know, sometimes from the kitchen helps to go water the plants. And actually in these houses, the gray water goes right into this indoor um, garden that that's part of the whole house, part of what makes it work. Hmm. Um, and then after that, everything goes into like a black water tank. So I'm really interested in that, if that's something that we can do in this house, because I think um, trying to conserve water uh, is going to be really important. And, you know, we're, we're on the Cape, so water is kind of an issue in general. Uh, wastewater is an issue here. Yeah. Um, uh, last time I looked into the gray water, gray water systems in Massachusetts was a few years ago, maybe probably like four years ago now. Are they allowing that sort of thing in Massachusetts now? I don't I don't know. <laughs> It was kind of unclear, but not quite allowed. Yeah. But maybe they're changing. You know, I feel like people are evolving in their in their thought processes on these sorts of things, you know? Yes, yes. I had a client who wanted to do it. It totally makes sense to reuse a water that's just coming from, you know, it's not contaminated water or anything like that. You right. can use it for others. It's not like drinking 
the right. toilet water. People freak out about that, but it's just definitely right. not that at all. No, it's like we're using, you know, if you're in, if you're cooking and you've got some water that's just kind of running down the sink, you know. I think in I think with kitchen stuff, sometimes they want to make sure that you're using a certain kind of soap. Yeah, you can't use certain soaps, in order if you're going to be reusing the water, same thing with like a, your washing machine, you kind of have to use a certain detergent if you're planning to yeah reuse the water. But uh, no, it's not toilet water that that goes directly into the black tank. You'll never see that. Right. <laughs> Let's see what else are we thinking about. Um, we're we're not planning to replace the windows right away because you know, as I said, they were kind of a feature of the house where um, we realized that they were in great shape and we can live with them. And they're actually, they're actually quite efficient for being, you know, from the seventies, they're nice Anderson windows. I think they're, they might be double glazed. I'm not quite sure, but, um, but, you know, looking forward into the future and depending on when we do start this renovation, you know, the, what the scale ends up being. And if it's at that time we want to replace the windows, we'll do that. Um, so that'll be another energy efficient um, mm-hmm. thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then things like, um, you know, once we get to the, once we get to the really fun part, the the decoration part, you know, my, one of my goals is to really try to use sustainable products where I can. So obviously our hardwood flooring, I want to make sure that that, mm. that's going to be as eco-friendly as possible, um, using more natural fibers, sustainable fibers, um, you know, possibly sustainable countertop options. I want to look into all of those things to put in this house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's there's more and more coming out all the time, which is great. You know, for like 20 years, I've been trying to talk to people about this and it's not really, it hasn't been the easiest direction to go in. But now I feel like mm-hmm. it's way more um, expected and standard and people mention that their products are sustainable or kind of using that as a selling point now. So mm-hmm. So that's great. Yeah, I think it's really wonderful. And, you know, it's something I think about in my design work, too, because, you know, it's just inherently an area where a lot of waste gets created. Yeah. Um, Especially if you're redoing things, you know, you end up throwing out a lot of what you already have and it can it can just be really wasteful. And so I know renovation projects in general, it's there's no way around it. We're going to create waste doing this. I mean, I I'm looking at my kitchen now and, you know, it's it's dated, but it's completely functional. Um, and there's a part of me that feels guilty about, you know, taking that out and throwing it away, but I'd like to donate, you know, where I can, if we, if mm-hmm. we take it out and the, and it can be used again, then, you know, we'll do that. Um, yeah. cause I hate adding, I hate adding to landfill, uh, but I really want a new kitchen. <laughs> right. Right. But like you said, it's possible to do, um, instead of just throwing it all in a dumpster, seeing if anybody can come in from one of these organizations and reuse it. So, um, and that takes a little bit longer, but we, like I said, when we first moved in, I was kind of hot to trot and ready to, ready to start ripping walls down, but kind of slowed down and realized that that that's not the right way to go about it. And it's comfortable to live here now. And so I don't feel this intense rush to get this all done. Yeah. Um, I really want to take my time and, and, do things the right way as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point about the comfort of a house. Maybe when people move in, that's not their house yet, or they don't feel like it's their house yet, so they want to change it. But yeah, I have heard that advice many times, waiting for a while, and even moving into this new house, realizing which way the wind is usually coming from, you know, things like that that I didn't think about necessarily before, or just little things that you notice about the house. Yeah, yeah, and I thought a lot about use too. I mean, 
um, I kind of went through this whole exercise where I, I, I didn't want to be locked into keeping the kitchen where it is. I thought, you know, could we move it? Could I kind of rearrange this floor plan that, that would make more sense? And after spending so much time kind of analyzing that, I realized, no, when I pull up in the driveway, this is usually where I park my car. And this makes sense for me to walk in the house when I'm carrying groceries. And, and mm-hmm. this is kind of the flow of how things work. There are definitely things that I'm going to change, but for the most part, it really kind of solidified that a lot of the floor plan that is here is actually working pretty well. And I don't need to, you know, take a sledgehammer to it and completely reinvent it. It's actually pretty good. It just needs to be tweaked. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. Cause then that saves you time, money, waste, all that stuff. Yeah, you know, exactly. Right. So what would you say you've learned that you would like other, <laughs> other homeowners to know about? If you're going to buy a house that was occupied by a hoarder, um, just be really strong mentally for the challenge of of going through that. I mean, maybe for other people, it would be different. I think for me, you know, it was very, um, it was a challenging experience. And um, I just was not, I just was not prepared. I, I didn't think it would be so um, taxing to kind of, to kind of go through that experience. Um, again, that's just me, but um, I would, I would caution other people that, uh, it's a lot, it's a lot to, it's a lot to take on a project like that. And we haven't even started a renovation yet. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, luckily, like, like you mentioned, we have time and we do have vision. Um, but it is taking more time than I think I originally anticipated. I think I went in with a little bit, you know, eyes bigger than my stomach and, oh, we can change this and, oh, we can change this and, oh, we can do this. And I think, um, maybe, slowing down a little bit and, you know, having a little bit more perspective. It's hard to have that without knowing, but I would just, I would just say that. Yep. <laughs> Go a little slower. Okay. And then the other things I've learned is just, like I said, um, spending the time to be in that environment before you change something, I do think is really important. It has changed the way that we're approaching this renovation, it's kind of changed what our original thought process was and our original goals were. And I know that not everybody has the time to wait, but if you do, I just, I do think it saves time, money, and effort. I think if you can, if you can try to find a way to be comfortable and live with what's there for a little while, I think it's going to be a lot more rewarding to go through the process after the fact, because you've really gotten a chance to, to think about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a, I do feel like a renovation isn't like, changing an outfit or dyeing your hair a different color. I mean, those are things that you can do. That's like immediate gratification. You can change something and feel really good. But, you know, we're talking about spending a lot of money mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I don't want to do it again once we're done. Right. Yeah. That's a good point that you, if you want instant gratification, there are other ways to get it. Yeah. Not through a renovation. <laughs> not through a renovation. That's definitely not instant. And that's, no. um, yeah, that's one thing I'm trying to fight against right now, too, is just my idea of I want it done. Like, I want the final vision done right now. Yep. And it's too bad that I want that because that's not going to happen. Yep. I just have to relax into the whole thing and just, like, what's a big deal if I don't have – well, I need heat. I need heat before yeah. the winter comes. And that's basically what I need. <laughs> so all yeah. the rest of the stuff, uh, I can just wait until people are available. It's also hard to find people to do anything and they don't yeah. show up. Yeah, that's yep. that's a whole other set of challenges. I'm sure that's a whole other whole other episode. <laughs> yep. We just all have to be patient with each other, I think, during this whole 
time. Yes. Well, you know, I, I've had to be patient with myself because as I said, I, I wanted to do a lot immediately. Yeah. You know, I, I have also fielded opinions from other people who, you know, on the one hand, somebody is telling me, take your time, don't rush it. It's okay. You know, take as much time as you need. And then the other hand, I, I listen to people who have gone through massive renovations to their home and, and their advice is just get it done. Just, just do it because once you start, it's so painful to live through. It takes up so much of your time. It's so all encompassing and engrossing and, um, you know, just do as much as you can in one whack so that you don't have to kind of piecemeal it out over the years. And so I'm kind of getting a sense of urgency from, mm. from that camp to just, if, if you know what you want, just start it. You'll be, you'll, you'll be happier if you just start it now than if you wait and wait and wait and wait. So, mm. um, I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, saying, no, it's okay. Wait, you know, take your time, kind of plan it out. But, um, yeah, I do, I do have that voice saying, you know, you'll be happier if you just start and, you know, you'll be that much further along in the process. Um, but again, it's a daunting task. It's a, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. I know once we start this process that there's no real going back and you have to see it through. And in our case, we're going to have to move out. I don't think that we can, with what we want to do with this house, I don't think we can live here yeah. while that's going on. We're, we're kind of changing too much. Um, so that that's a whole other process is moving out, finding another place to live, um, trying to think about how long that's going to last for. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. It's pretty involved, but the more planning you can do before you start, the smoother it's going to be while right. it's going. So I think, right. I think your time spent planning is going to be well spent. Yes. So. I agree. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't, you know, we do not have an endless budget. We, we have a certain amount of money that we really would like to stick to. And, you know, we're hopeful that that'll get us far enough that, you know, we can really make some significant changes and, and be happy with the result. Um, but that factors into the timeline as well. You know, we don't have an endless budget where if a lot of too much unforeseen stuff comes up or we have to like greatly extend living outside of this house, you know, for months at a time, um, it's not, not really going to work. So uh, we, ha we do have to be mindful of that when we get going. Yeah. Well, good luck with it. I hope you Thank stay you. in touch and let me know how it goes. And, you know, as I said, oh, I'm only certainly will. half hour away. So, yes, I, I have a feeling that between between our two houses and kind of the, the things that we both want, we might end up using a lot of the same, you know, yeah. crews or, or contractors or suppliers. So um, I'm sure we'll have a lot of stories to swap. Good. As we both get going. Good. Well, I hope we I hope we swap them. Yeah. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening and thank you so much for sharing this show with your friends. It is growing all the time and I really appreciate that. I would love to hear from you if you have anything to say about this episode or past episodes, good or bad, or a suggestion for a new episode. Send me an email at thehousemaven at talkinghomerenovations.com. Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven is a proud member of Gable Media, the most engaged AEC network on the planet. Check out my other show and all the rest of the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A.com. And until next time, take it easy.